Welcome to Series 7 of The Dig Podcast and I am your host Caroline O'Neill. In this series I am talking to business owners, entrepreneurs and experts who are sharing their journey and preparing us for the future. What does the working world look like in the future? It changes every week, every day, every hour. So tune in each week as I ask my guests how they are future-proofing their business. What do Ed Sheeran, <laughs> Snoop Dogg, Russell Crowe, Ronan Keating all have in common? Well, they have in common my guest on the Dig podcast today. How flipping exciting to have Laura Bonner from Muff Liquor Company right here on the podcast. She is tuning in from Australia. My first Australian guest, I know she's <laughs> Irish. But she's in Australia, so I'm going to claim that. My first one on the Dig Podcast, so I'm absolutely whoop, delighted. Whoop. Whoop, whoop, we got it all sorted <laughs> out for today. But um, just to give you a little introduction for anybody who doesn't know Laura, Laura is the co-founder and CEO of Muff Liquor Company. And um, whenever I was reading up all about Laura before we came on the podcast, um, I love the fact that she's inspired by our family, like we all are, like most of us are, have those leading role models that we look up to and aspire to be and hers is her granda I'm sure lots of other people in her family too but her granda is certainly a man that appears a lot on the branding and a lot in the story of Muff Liquor Company so Philip McClanahan sounded like quite a man loved a bit of potching and um, <laughs> made from the potato it was potato based potching which I've been reading up all about because I was going to be speaking to Laura and um, how amazing like he he's now on the back of all the bottles so we're not, Philip's memory is definitely living on there. And his secret to a long life was plenty of hard work. And that's definitely right. what, that's definitely what Laura is doing. And, and lots of us, people who are working in, in um, every day now and people who listen to Dig Podcast, we're working harder than we've ever worked. But um, it's great to hear stories like Laura's. There's hope out there for us all. But Laura's had investments, like I said, from Ed Sheeran, Russell Crowe, English comedian Jimmy Carr, um, my favourite Ronan Keaton and, and more um, celebrities, celebrities as well and this has allowed her to expand and do you know follow her dreams with all the different parts of her, her business and we're going to hear all about that now they've won awards all over the world she was telling me before we came on our um, recent ones in the last three weeks which we're going to talk about um, her story is incredible and I know you're all going to love her and I've just um, met her just before we came on her and I am invested already in her I think she's great so <laughs> Um, welcome to the Dig Podcast from Australia, Laura. Hello, Caroline. Thank you so much for having me. It's so lovely to uh, finally see meet you in person. Well, not meet you in person, but you know what I mean. It's great to put a face to the name. Yes. Well, thank you for um, being on the Dig Podcast. And look, I I um, love Inishowen. Go to Inishowen all the time. My holidays go to Greencastle, actually. Um, oh, you're lucky. I know. <laughs> and um, so I've, I've seen Muff Liquor Company just because I've been driving through Muff and I've heard all about you. Then I started following online. Then I've seen all the buzz about the celebrities. I was like, what is this girl doing? But talk, talk, <laughs> to, us, talk to us about from the start, Laura. Like, what? how, how has this all happened? Oh gosh, to honestly, Carly, it has been um uh, nearly twenty years at this point. I actually was I was speaking to my brother a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, twenty years, I'm nearly twenty years, and with this idea, um, but yeah, like when I was uh, nineteen, um, my granda Phil McLennan, who you just mentioned, um, he was a potato farmer, and I just became obsessed with the idea that potching couldn't be bottled and sold in Ireland, um, 
I think actually I was 16 when this all kind of came to my head, but again, didn't understand the legality of it. Didn't really understand why it was illegal. Um, yeah, and then I was at 19. I first sent my first email to my family, sent it to my dad, my two brothers, my sister, and I said, uh, subject, Mufflicker Company. And um, I said, guys, I'm going to drop out of law school. I'm going to move home. Um, I'm going to learn how to make uh, vodka from granddad's potatoes, and I'm going to make this legit. I'm going to make this a company. <laughs> which uh, went down like a lead balloon um uh, unfortunately like I talk about it many a time my our mom was dying at the time um my brother just was like do you not think we've got enough going on that you think you're going to drop out and come home with this ridiculous idea um to stick to what you're doing uh which I did pure out of emotional guilt to be honest um uh, but I got my degree um went into property uh went to the UK like went through my career and at 32 I was like nah I'm going home um, I'm going to set up the company and that's exactly what I did and such <laughs> challenges like your mum being ill and I think a lot of parents too they always have that they want the security for their children of having an education and a good job and you know sometimes when we have as entrepreneurial minds these crazy ideas that it seems to them it can put you off and yeah. and and there is a lot of people that never follow their dreams because of that because they don't want to yeah. rock the boat. I'm, I'm going to be lots of people listening, but like you obviously you went down a path which that was right for you then where you continued on that journey, but that burning desire was never going to go away, yeah. was it? Never left. Like even when I was doing my interviews in London, um, do you know like an interview, see, like people say, tell us something interesting about yourself. Um, I'm like, listen, I'm literally just here to make a bit of money. I'm going to go home. I'm going to own this alcohol company. It's called the Muffler Company. I'm going to make vodka out of potatoes. And um, like people, like I remember, like I, I was interviewed. I was worked for three companies in the in the UK, and um, I know that I I saw like I can remember their reactions as if it was yesterday. But every one of my old bosses and my teams from those three companies, every one of them was at my launch party when I launched on the 3rd of February, 2018. They were like, she talked about it. She's now done it. So we're going to support her and produce her. So, uh, yeah, I just had that. Uh, the, the burning desire just never, ever left me. Um, and I was just so determined to make it work. And my whole thing was, even if it failed, like I just had to see it through because I talked about it too long just for, for too long that needed to make it work well there's definitely a message there for people listening that you don't want to regret not trying even if it doesn't work sure. you know you know you've got so to what, try what? like if you fail you fail at least you've tried like I think most people really live their life with regret like should I leave this relationship should I leave this job like should I put this by this house you know people are just constantly and then they don't do it pure to fear where like I said many a time, like my faith was always stronger than my fear. And every day I wake up and even when things could be the worst time, I'm just like, come on, you know, for a fact, it's going to be okay. So like, that's, you, you just got to just keep going. Honestly, once you just go over that step, sure there's no looking back then no turning back I know. So, exactly. so when, you, when you came back, how did you, I think a lot of, um, uh, on people here starting but it's that first and as you say once you start you can't turn back but getting started was that hard how did you get that <laughs> yes Carlene it was extremely hard I cried I think I cried for five years straight and I think when anytime I was interviewed anytime people I'm like I just cried all the time I was crying when things were good and I was crying when things were really bad but I honestly can't understand how I have any more tears in me to be honest with you. but um 
look, it was just one of those things. Like even when I had, I had this idea, like I used to write on like my piece of paper, going like, "What is the Muffler Company? What am I trying to do? Like, what what's my mission statement? What's my vision? Like, what do I want to do? Like, I just didn't have anything. Like, it just nothing was coming to me other than the like the final product, which obviously, in, in order to get to the final product, you have to do all the steps beforehand. Um. Yeah, but like I just um, I like I ask questions. I ask for help. I think that's honestly the biggest thing. I think a lot of people have a lot of ego and they don't want to sh- like lose face. But like you lose more face because you lose everything by not doing it. Um, and like I have no problem asking anybody a stupid question because listen, if I don't know the answer, I'll ask the question, and then at least then if I know the answer, I'll never ask it again. Um, and I think a lot of people just need to just drop the ego. Um, it took me a, years. Um, I've worked an awful lot in my like inner self in the last couple of years just to get to that point. But where now, like I, I completely have had an ego death, and I'm just surrendering it all to the the higher good now at this point. <laughs> an ego death. I love that. I haven't heard. Yeah, it's really I've... important. It's very yeah. true, actually. And I think um, whenever you get in the circles of business, sometimes it can get overwhelming. That you feel like you're not a business person or a businesswoman or a businessman because you don't know all the business things. And for anybody who's listening to this on audio, I'm keep using like inverted comma marks because yeah. what the flip is a business woman or a businessman? It's just it's just people who've learned how to do business and they're learning. To... Yeah. Absolutely. Like Richard Branson has said many times, the whole like he did nothing on his own. His first person that helped him was his mom. Like no one can do anything on their own. You've got to ask for help and you you have to you have to put yourself out there if it's something that means something to you you'll do anything in your power to make it happen and if you look stupid to one person whatever like who cares <laughs> like you won't even remember that person when when you're where you are exactly and and so whenever you say you knew what the end product was going to be but you didn't know the journey to there or what it looked like to get there but when I go and look at your brand and, and go onto your website and that beautiful poem about your granda and your granda's on the back of the bottle and all his vision and all it was always there the roots and the roots and the value but you just needed to kind of bring it to life as such with the brand story am I right in saying that or yeah, for sure. It wasn't even that. Like I like when I had the idea of the company, like I didn't understand like I didn't know how to register the company. I didn't know about tax. I didn't know um about like the like the, the coding and the uh pattern. There was like loads of things. And I was like, oh God, I have to do this. How do you how do you do this? And um, you know, there's the one thing like and I I can only talk about my industry. Um I am extremely blessed with my competitors, and I'm saying that in inverted commas because I would look at them all as like close to like acquaintances, and a few of them have become really good friends. Like I know what they do every single day in order to make their their business work, and I applaud them every day. And when I see them, when I see something on LinkedIn or social media, when I see they do something well, like I applaud them, I ring them, like congratulations, that's absolutely amazing because I know what it is, and like most of the time, I'm like how did you do this by the way or like what was that form that you fill out and like what actually did you do and like I have no problem helping anyone I was probably I think I was one of the first companies that actually got the paperwork through for Brexit um which took like it no not years but it took nearly a year to get it done and I had six of my competitors write to me saying hey like who did you use like what how did you go through this year like what was the 
uh, importing officer and what was the paperwork? And I just, I sent them all everything. And I was like, listen, I'm never going to stop and stand in anyone's way of success. At the end of the day, I have a gin and vodka and a whiskey and it's my gin and vodka and whiskey. And like, I, I, I don't like multiple red sauces. I like one. So like my thing is if people like my gin and vodka, great. But if you prefer another Irish spirit, then I will support that company as far as I can. I think that's like so like a thing that a lot of people are afraid of, like especially embracing competitors. Um, but as you said, like think about the amount of people there are out there, the amount of people that have all different. But if you help each other, you could grow quicker, which is kind Absolutely. of what you're saying. Carly, I remember getting one of my first meetings for a, a company in Hong Kong, which is probably, it was pre-COVID. Uh, um, and I brought my gin and I brought two competitors' uh, gin with me. And in my head was, I'm obviously going to pitch my own. And if they don't like my, I'm going to give them to my my two people who had started out the same year because I've had this opportunity to finally get in front of this person because I know how hard it is. And my thing was, if you don't like my gin, try and support as much Irish products as possible. Like when I'm in Sydney, I walk into a bar, my first question is, what Irish gin or vodka do you have? And I'll get them and talk to, and whatever it is, even if I don't like it, even though I'm sporty, I will buy a drink without a fail because I think it is so important to look after your own. Like Ireland is saturated with international gin and vodkas, where as a small country that we are, we should be going into every bar and every shop and buying an Irish product before we buy something else. And like, that's kind of where I feel with that. I feel like that. I should be like, <laughs> everybody's cheering, but you're right. We do have to support everyone. But that story you just told about getting in front of somebody in Hong Kong and saying, if they don't like yours, you're going to pitch somebody else's. I've never heard anybody say that, Laura. I've never heard anybody say that. Well, like it happens all the time. And like, um, it happened only three weeks ago I was in Hong Kong again and I gave another whiskey of one of my well she's a really good friend of mine now but she's a competitor um her whiskey and I said listen she's like this is a really good whiskey again it's a different taste to mine like my gin and vodka potato base it's it's completely different uh, uh manufacturing compared to the other gins so my thing is like if you don't want mine um try another Irish <laughs> like I just like look no matter what I always believe do something good and something good will come back I, and I only like, I, I, I do that on a daily day basis and I go to bed sleeping very well at night knowing that I you know I do my part I think it's really important I get it, it to be a good person underneath all of the success and the you know all of you know I think that's what buys down to if you're not you know you're you're really showing that there and and you're right I'm sure you do sleep great at night and I'm thinking make a lot of other people <laughs> and make a lot of other people think though where we can be very it's, it's I think an Irish thing too maybe we're very you know we, we're not great at sharing sometimes and as in you know I don't know I, I think sometimes we're afraid we're not as confident about maybe what we do or stuff and, and I think that can hold us back but when you listen to you speak with such passion about shining in the light and others I think that will definitely inspire people and me me included and I think that's I think that's unreal I've never heard anybody say that so um amazing so then you got 
things going and then uh, you talked about COVID there so that was 2018 you decided to do that and then we had the major worldwide pandemic how did that actually affect then the growth or the movement <laughs> it was absolutely horrific to all say I've only started to talk about it now where I didn't cry and like and I genuinely mean that um I actually feel like I have a PTSD from from COVID like my thing was we launched in 2018 and we hit the ground running and it was probably like as much as it was one of the most difficult years it was one of my fondest years um my thing was like I think we I think we I was the 12th gin to launch in 2018 and I launched on the 3rd of February so like Ireland was saturated um, and we we're up in Donegal and it was just you know we have the north but we didn't have the north and we didn't have a route to market to the to the Northern Ireland. And um, I remember just thinking, oh my God, like, like we, we, need to, we need to go overseas. Like everybody successful goes overseas. So like we packed our bags, we traveled the world. We literally lived out of suitcases. We lived and slept on people's sofas. We like were in hostels, like not hostels, but like we were, it was just, we were just go, go, go. And we were winning contracts and it looked great. And then the pandemic hit. And I swear to God, Carlene, I remember May, 2020 waking up and within three days my whole company collapsed my nine countries that I managed to secured every one of them has suspended all their orders and I remember looking and I remember like do you know where you're like reading a screen but like, you can't really see anything and your ears are like your heart is in your ears and um, I remember just like like I remember leaving um, my whole thing in my office like I, I try to have a really positive outlook all the time in life but like and normally even uh, I remember like even if an employee's in, in bad form, I'm like, listen, um, do you want to go work from home today? And they're like, what? I'm like, your energy is not there. And it only takes one bad weed to like ruin a whole garden. And no one's in trouble. We're all human. But I'm just like, just just go home and then come back whenever you're feeling better. I took myself home <laughs> because I was like, I, can't, I actually don't even know what I'm going to say to these people. Like, I don't even know. I didn't even know the answer myself. Um. I cried a lot. Uh, I won't. I won't lie. Um, and then we was just pure into survival mode of like, right, what actually are we going to do in order to keep this going? And like, my board was ringing me every Monday, going, right, Laura, what are we doing? What's 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 the plan? What are we? How are we going to survive? And uh, I remember just dotting my whiteboard, just dot dot dot, and nothing was coming. And like, the tears were streaming down my face. It was just pure panic. Like at this time, like my family, my friends, we had raised money through Crowdcube. Um, most of those people from Crowdcube were like for people from our, like, my community like you know I didn't nearly know them but I couldn't go down the street without seeing them I'm like oh my god these people have given me their investment they're giving me like you know their savings thinking this was going to be something great and then in my head I was like is it all going to come crashing down around me including my bloody house. The Dig podcast needs your help. Did you know that we have thousands of people download the podcast each week but still people haven't subscribed or followed on the channel. So I'm asking you, if you listen on Apple or Spotify, if you could hit follow. If you listen on YouTube, then hit that subscribe button. It means that I can reach out to even more guests, bring even more actionable advice that can help you in your business. And we just adapted really, really quick. We came up with the, the cocktail boxes and those cocktail boxes kept me going. And, I have to say, if anybody ever bought one of our cocktail boxes during the pandemic, I am unbelievably grateful to everybody um, for supporting us during that time because my company would not be going and I wouldn't be in Sydney right now um, without it. So thanks.
Oh my God. So many, like so many people, everybody listening, because we're all that listen to Dig Podcast are in the world of work and business, cried in May 2020. I was crying. <laughs> no. I was crying for, I've cried for three full months. I used to have a shop, Laura, and I had a close, I had it for 12 years and I, I had a close oh, out of sorry. COVID and I cried. And, and I'm not even saying that to you for you to say that to me, but I mean, I, when you're saying no, that, I, to but me, I feel it. I like, I, 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 I resonate because we were crying and some people didn't survive it. And some people yeah. um, did and thrived because they were able to adapt and evolve and like, and, and thank, and when you're thanking again, your humility and your humbleness, thanking people for buying a cocktail box, but it is the people that make our businesses survive. It is the people. And that's so you're a people person. You're looking after your people and you're thanking your people, but, um, God, it does get emotional. And do you ever look back and go, Jesus? Yeah. <laughs> you make, make me to cry now. <laughs> I well, I'm like, I'm like, please hold it together. I'd be crying. Yeah. It's, it's not about you. But I mean, it does make you think about that time and think, geez, like, it was it was mad. But thankfully, you you did. And loads of people did the eat at home, the shopping or the, the drinks at home and all. And it was amazing to see how actually agile a company can be then when you did worse yeah. during the crisis. <laughs> like, but, I um, honestly said, it was one of the best times, honestly. I actually said if my company had gone under that I was going to become like a delivery person because <laughs> it was the nicest job. I got to drive around. Obviously, we weren't like, I, my biggest thing was like, a hundred years ago, alcohol was like illegal. And then all of a sudden I was down as like an essential worker <laughs> doing deliveries for alcohol. <laughs> but like every time I was driving to someone's house, they were so happy to see me. <laughs> like I was like, and then like we were like having a conversation, obviously uh, X amount of meters apart and we were chatting away. And I used to be like, oh, I just, I absolutely loved it. Uh, and it just kept me going. And every morning I was like, just, I, I said to the guys, I was like, just pretend it's not happening. Just pretend the whole world is completely as normal and we are just doing our job. Um, and like that was that was just the only thing that kept us going. I was like, are we so lucky to be alive? Are we so lucky we have this job? Um, and that's like we just, yeah, it was it was like as much as it was it was horrendous. It was it, you know what? It was a very humbling experience. Um, and as much as it really, really has damaged um me, um I'm very grateful for it in, in many ways for sure and I think a lot of people would feel the same but so whenever like you get to a certain stage in your business um, and you you can take the lead after this where you, you reach a, a level where the, you can't grow anymore because you need perhaps that extra lift and loads of people are at that stage I've actually interviewed a few people recently who talk about growing but not scaling you know and, and all of that type of language I'm like what does that even mean and I've started to really understand that but and and you sometimes you stick it stick at a certain level because you some people just never get that opportunity or that investment but that has not been the case for you this is this story <laughs> is actually insane like I was reading it and I was thinking I can't believe I'm going to get talking to this girl that actually <laughs> stop like no but seriously and then and then you, you told me you're actually like how where, where are you right now where, where, are, oh, you living? Well, where are you living uh, no I'm, I'm living in Russell Crowe's house in Sydney yeah <laughs> and I love him and I'm very grateful in case he does listen to this um and I look at I look after my space <laughs> you think Russell Crowe's gonna listen to the dig podcast well here Russell, he's listened he's, li he's listened to me last few so you never know Russell if you're listening you are the man we love you here now but um <laughs> no but like in all seriousness to get and I read I read the news articles about how that happened but just tell us for people who don't know that story how do you first of all regardless if it's Russell or Ronan or whoever it is securing investment is not 
an easy people don't know how to navigate that there Laura they don't even know what it really means myself included sometimes it's like over my head it's for rich people or people with really good businesses or you know but actually it can happen to anyone but tell us how that all happened um so last April that's how close like that's how early it was um I actually remember like I just couldn't see the light through the tunnel like or through the trees it was just the business was just it was I was I was struggling so much and I remember getting um nominated for like entrepreneur of the year from PwC um and the email came through and I burst out crying I actually like fell to the floor and I actually had a full-on panic attack which I'd never had before for six hours like my dad had to ring my sister to come down I just was like I can't do this anymore I was like I can't even fail in peace I was like I just like the whole thing about having an alcohol company people will never ever know until you have one is the amount of money that you have to put in front in order for you to get a final product like say even our glass, for example, we would have to pay 70,000 upfront, but we wouldn't get that glass for me nine months. And then we get that glass, then we have to make it, then we have to sell it. And then those people have credit notes for maybe two months. So it could be a whole year before we actually get a return on it. Like it is, it's absolutely mind blowing to be quite honest. Um, and I remember ringing my brothers and my brothers, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. My dad's an entrepreneur. My mom was a great businesswoman. My two brothers are extremely extremely successful entrepreneurs my sister and I'm uh, 18 years younger than them so like I was kind of like raised with three fathers and two mothers um, and I rang them and I was like I, I don't know if I have a business anymore I actually just cannot see this anymore why what was happening that made you feel like that is it because of the just, outlay of cash flow or the cash yeah. flow okay mainly with our first order with Australia which like I had won my contract with Coles in Australia free COVID um, which was amazing. Like it was kind of unheard of. Like what we like what what I managed to do was pretty amazing back then. It was kind of unicorn. But in my and, head, and, I was like, and just to jump in, how? Because I'm like, I want I want to know this before you talk about that. But how did you do that? How did you secure something that I just pitched, of? pitch, pitch, pitch. I found out one of the one of the girls who was one of the buyers was in Maville, who was in drinking and in muff or in drinking muff in Maville um I contacted her on Facebook sent her a few bottles and I was like look is there any chance that you can I've sent you a million emails um uh, she was like I've actually tried your product I've already sent your product to the team before even meeting you come pitch do your do your conversation um do do you as such um and I got it and it was one of the best moments of my entire life I've been really honest at, at that point of my of our career um and then COVID obviously hit and um I, in order for me to fill this container of all this liquid that I had already pre-agreed this order if I had sold it I probably I would have went bankrupt um due to the the credit terms and stuff um everybody all my advisors was telling me not to do it uh we sat around the round table and I was like don't do it Laura don't do it and I was like no and I rang John Teeling who owns Teeling's he is a great mentor and a great man to me and he was like sell a kidney Laura (laughs) you make sure whatever happens that's that's that shipment's on the water so um rang my brothers and I was like listen I need I need to talk to you I'm I'm in trouble so they came over looked at all my accounts and said like to be honest with you like you're okay you just need a bit of a cash inflow you've got a great product you've got a great business um, I just think at that time, like the COVID it was three years and it was just, you're just living constantly in fear 
And as much as I keep on saying like my faith was stronger than my fear, I'm only human. And some days I was like, please, will this just end? It was just so consuming. Um, and then my brother was uh, selling one of his companies. He was like, look, I'll give you a cash injection. And then I found out Russell Crowe was filming in Ireland. And to jump back in the 17th of October, 2017, when I was actually launching, I got my first, my register of my company through, I wrote on my whiteboard that Ed Sheeran would be a shareholder in my company and that Russell Crowe would do the first tweet I ever did when I launched into Australia. I you have other things. You yeah, wrote I wrote it. I have it. I still have it. It still has never been, it's never been, my whiteboard never gets uh, erased. So it, it's send always kept up there. Send me a picture. <laughs> send me a picture after. Well, um, I'm, I'm in Sydney, but no, I can because there's too much other things on it. Um, ah! Other things come true and other things are going to come true. It's just manifesting to me. Honestly, Caroline, I've just always imagined it. So last year when I found out that Russell was in Ireland, so my best friends, best friends, sisters, girlfriends, sings in his band. So I just contacted her and I was like, mate, <laughs> I was like, I just need him to get this, these bottles. So um, she sent them down to him. Um, he had them and stuff and that was like a half 10 Saturday night and then I got a phone call at five past eight Monday morning saying are you looking for investment Russell loves your product loves your brand he wants to meet you can you come down and I was like yeah <laughs> so I went down and had breakfast with him told him everything uh, it's best just to be honest and he we had a hug and he was like I'm all in and I was like great <laughs> that was it the rest is history like does this happen to people like oh, I mean like like you're you're some girl like you you just buy you well I've never I don't I I never do affirmations or anything I never write things down maybe I, I flip and should start you but should. I mean but I mean there's something in that there but but also there's something something wholesome about the people that you're that you're working with here too like I mean there's something about Russell Crowe too like a person I don't know like here I don't know him but I mean from what I see of him <laughs> From what have I see, like that kind of wholesome supporting the people, wanting people yeah. to do well. You can kind of see that in things that he does, like yeah. online and stuff. But um, getting that, you were determined to get that to him. Is there a message there to others who are perhaps just need to push outside their comfort zone and get their product or their service in front of the people that they need? Yeah, like my whole thing is just just do it. Like my thing was, I remember, I remember sitting with my first bottle ever in my kitchen crying to my sister going I can't believe I've created this I was like is this actually real and I said to her I was like one day whatever time it was somebody in Henrik's created a bottle for the first time and had a bottle somebody from Chirac had a bottle for the first time and they created something I was like why can't my legacy like why can't I do it like why not and then you hear these stories all the time in normally in the United States where like I read them all the time that they've bet this random investor and then all of a sudden their life completely changes. And I was like, well, why can't, why that cannot, cannot not be me? So my whole thing was, I just constantly always was like, no, I'm, I'm going after it. And like Ed, like I, I pitched Ed back in 2018 or 19, um, so like when Russell actually sent him the bottles, Russell, I was like, oh, uh, I know, I know the product. No, sorry. I found out then that actually Ed was the one who introduced it off to uh, Russell, where I thought I was the one who actually did it. But the, like they, they already knew of the product and they were like, look, meet her, meet her and see what she's like. And 
Russell was like, yeah, she's pretty mega. So we're all in. Um, <laughs> so it's been great. Look, I adore them. I'm so unbelievably grateful. They're really, really smart businessmen. They're extremely humble. They're like their family men. They're extremely kind and they're like, they're smart. Like I just, I don't have a weak link in my circle anywhere. Like I couldn't tell you if you were going to give me what kind of circle I am. Like I've no, I've nothing around me now. Um, it's really, really good. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So if you, if you get an opportunity, just freaking go. The worst you're going to say is no. Who cares? No. And, and can I just ask when you do go, like how prepared are you? I mean, do you have a team of people that can help you with like um, <laughs> business pitch or or figures or like surely you can't yeah. do all of those things are you oh carly and the reason i'm laughing is that is normally when i go in to talk to anybody it starts at the beginning they want to hear the story <laughs> my yeah. first question my first question i got from russell was like right your finances let's go through let's go through it and i was like i was so taken back i was like oh my god this guy's not even going to let me like you know even get to let me talk um so i went through that and like we kind of we started at that part and then went back but like that's never ever happened in any of like the five years previously that I was running business like you have this like a segment of the history whatever the brand the awards your vision your future and, and that's where yeah he completely he threw me completely um but like the best thing is just be honest and a lot of it is like I'm I'm not I'm I'm not figure savvy. I don't pretend to be. I don't have to be. I know my weaknesses. I know my strengths. My strengths are great. My weaknesses are terrible. But I hire people to help me with my weaknesses. And I asked my team on a daily, no, weekly basis about my PNL. And they have the patience every time to go through with me because they know that I don't get it sometimes. And that's okay. <laughs> it is it is I still I still struggle in net and gross and and hey. knowing the difference and and uh, why do we pay VAT what the hell is that I I still struggle with that and I try to learn but sometimes you're right I just I need to get the experts and I think a lot of people are starting to realize that now we're not accountants we don't slip and know how to work all this out so let's get people that can help us but it's interesting that you said he said talk about the finances first because we can all have a vision and a passion and determination but actually sometimes you need those figures to work for it to become like actually something well, as well to be honest with you, like my figures were absolutely appalling we were we were massively in debt and we were hemorrhaging money but like I kind of think that any startup has that mm -hmm. I think uh I, like as much as I was going two years in the pandemic hit and we had three years of it so as much as I'm in year five I in my head I always believe I'm in year three but at the end of the day you still have figures for five years so like you just have to be realistic with it um like we've been dealt the cards we've been dealt with uh, my whole thing was like this is where we're this was the future or the past um i got money to survive i've got an incredible product i know exactly what i want to do i know what i'm going to do i just need someone to back me just you know believe in it and that was it you're gonna have all these people ringing you after this going out <laughs> money too. Um, but like unbelievable so just before we move on just to say who like are you allowed to say all the different people that actually have invested I know you have loads and loads but I mean is there more people that people might know their names this week's podcast is brought to you in partnership with Night Owl Studio Night Owl are a creative agency based in Cookstown County Tyrone and they aim to be a one-stop shop for businesses who are looking for design photo or video content now, I have worked with Night Owl over the past few years on lots of different projects. They've helped me with the big day out. 
um, with graphics and branding and design and also with uh, Dig Deep for Kids and also the Northern Ireland Social Media Awards. So they do a fabulous job. They're working on a few exciting things for me at the minute, which I'll be able to tell you about later. But for now, this week, I want to talk to you about packaging design. This is a really big thing for businesses and something that Nigel works on with a lot of businesses. Does your packaging stand out from the competition? Like you can tell so much about a business from their packaging and it's so important to get that first impression right. And that's what Night Owl are good at doing, bringing your vision to life. Like if you give them an idea, they can make it real and with with their design elements. And I've seen that with lots of things they've worked on me with, especially the big day out. I've said I want it to be fun and um, I've told them maybe key colours and then they've just created these amazing online graphics that I can use to promote my event and, and they just make it easy. They take the stress out of it. They make it fun and they're so efficient. I'm always a last minute or not that I promote that, but they're brilliant to work with and I've had a great relationship with them over the past few years. And um, they, whenever they are doing design for packaging, especially like they create like realistic 3D renders to allow you to see what your product's going to look like when it's done and that there's so so important because you don't want to commit to something unless you know it's right so they can create all those um those assets that you need to make an informed decision and the most exciting thing is they're going to give 20 percent off to the dig listeners for their first project if you have something you'd like them to work on then if you just quote dig 20 they're going to honor that discount to you guys and yeah just bring your vision to life that's what Night Owl Studio are good at check out their website to learn more about Night Owl on nightowlni.com and follow them on Instagram at Night Owl Studio NI underscore uh no I just have Russell Ed Ronan Jimmy and Noel Kelly so just those five guys are one um, my brothers Mike and Paul are investors my my family are investors I've got really good friends who invested um yeah no like um, to honestly it's there's there's very little of us like as I said like Crowdcube uh was we we raised equity through that back in 2019 we sold four percent for two or 200 grand um and most of those people like I would say probably half of them are people from from Ireland, mainly from Donegal. So, uh, yeah, I know all them too. But yeah, no, um, it's just us. That's amazing. And Crowdcube, that's a whole other conversation that um, we could definitely do another podcast <laughs> on for people who, you know, are struggling at the very, very start and need that. Like, I wouldn't claim to oh, know. Oh, Carla, I, I, I am not your person to talk about it because okay. I... <laughs> I did not have a good experience. Oh, with right. Okay. Well, look, it's still part of your journey and you're able to say that now. You did it and I'm very grateful for it. Uh-huh. And um, I'm like, it is, it is what it is. And like uh, people ring me all the time about it and I give them my honest opinion okay. on how it was, but it's a very stressful experience. So yeah, um, you've got to be ready for it. I think, I don't think startups so early on should probably do it. I think we were probably a little bit too soon. I just think everything is a little bit too raw and everything's a little bit too sensitive. You know, if I was to do it again at this stage, the way I am now mentally and physically, probably I would probably look a little bit different. But when there's so many eyes on you, um, you just feel like you're being attacked, even though you're not. 
but like you know that's just how you feel when you've got a, a startup business that you're just mm. and you're again you're just constantly worrying that you're going to lose people's money like mm-hmm. there's like there's nothing like the worst feeling than that thinking oh my god am I going to lose my nephew's like 21st savings you know like it's no, like it's a horrible that's, that's extra horrible pressure. feeling yes that you, you yeah. already have the pressure of a startup and then you've got that so that's definitely something that those people need to consider and, and and speak to people who've been through it but however I know people like have had a great experiences from it and, okay. and it works well so look look again I'm extremely grateful for the experience I'm grateful for those people who invested in me and they haven't got a return yet but I promise them they're going to <laughs> just oh give me God. another give me another two years I would know rightly they're going to by the way that you're the way that you speak what before we move on to the next few things is there any key pieces of advice that your investors have given you that has stuck with you and helped you on your journey now has there been one oh, minor- patience 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 that's what I get every single time I speak to them um it's constantly what I get anytime they finish the phone call is patience 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 um I want and everything I think, done yesterday so yeah and I think as entrepreneurs a lot of people don't they think they need it now they need to you know I'm working so hard I've been working so hard why is it why is it not happening why is it not coming so if anyone's listening maybe take that resigning advice from Russell Ed Ronan Jimmy and 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 probably your family as well like you do have it doesn't happen you you have been grinding and it has been how long is it now five years five or six years six years in February yeah yeah but if if, you know it can take longer but like here you're doing you're doing good but patience is definitely good advice Laura, the sustainability part of your business and the, you know, the looking after the environment and all of that, it, it is a big piece at the minute among lots of businesses, but you're actually taking action and doing something about that. Tell us what Muff Liquor Company are doing for the planet. Um, well, I think just so a couple of months ago, so we've we've had a target of uh, planting 10,000 trees uh, globally wow. from Ireland, Nepal, uh, the Amazon, um, Australia, when they had their fires and stuff. Um, listen, I don't pretend that I am a tree hugger. I am. I love it. I try and hug a tree every day. I put my hand on a tree. I tell them what I want. I try and grow myself as much as possible. So you if try, I can... tell it. You, you <laughs> I do. I what? honestly, I'm telling you, like, there's nothing more like the energy you have from a tree from the roots down to the earth to keep you grounded is something that once you get into it like I literally will go over and I will hug a tree and you'll always see me put my hands on a tree um and I'll I'll say it's for me but um yeah I, I grind myself as much as possible I honestly like I get excited when I see a beautiful tree <laughs> like I'm just like I'm always so fascinated by them like how many years have you have you been standing how many lives have you seen like you know I just I find them fascinating but like it's it's a peaceful place like if you're ever looking for me in Sydney I'm down in the Royal Botanical Gardens sitting under a tree barefoot um just talking to them it keeps me grounded keeps me and keeps now you're safe. now you've planted ten thousand of them that are going to be there for thousands and thousands of years with your knees please god yeah uh well my target's twenty thousand i started off i wanted to uh, i wanted to um i wanted to plant a hundred um the whole thing is like we're not we're we're making money but we're not making massive money but i i do believe no matter how big or small your company is i think it's really really important to give back um and I think it's really important to give back to the the earth that we we have. So, uh, started off with hundred trees, and then we're up to ten thousand. My next target is twenty thousand. And knowing me, I'll probably aim to do hundred thousand. But as long as I am selling 
bottles of Moff Gin and vodka and whiskey, I will be planting trees. Um, and how do you, how do you, uh, am I being silly and saying that, like how do you actually go about planting 10,000 trees? <laughs> uh, I just became a member of Tree Nation. So oh, like okay. you can, you can come a nation and you can plant anything from um well one tree to many oh, trees you want. I didn't know that. I didn't know how that would actually work. Okay, so become part of an organization that actually do this to help the planet yeah. and all. That's amazing. And and I suppose lots of businesses are trying to think of ways that they can give back and look after our planet and stuff. So there are ways out there and Laura's making sure that she does it. And then something that I was like, no, nah, she's she's unreal is the St. Vincent de Paul but so every bottle of muff liquor that you sell you donate um some percentage to St. Vincent de Paul and for anybody that doesn't know um about St. Vincent de Paul lots like I said the majority of people in Ireland do so it has people all over the world families all over the world that need help and these are our people are you know anyone that needs help because St. Vincent de Paul actually did I do work with them as well every year Laura and they said to me last year they don't turn anybody away. No one's turned away, no matter who they are or what they are or what they're ser- You're never turned away. And yeah, I think that that's a great message to give out to people, even people who are listening now who perhaps might need help. You know, they never turn you away. So there, yeah, anybody yeah. that's helping, that's mentioned Paul's helping, and um, perhaps Muff has been part of that. You know, with their um with their contributions and maybe people who are listening know about dig deep for kids that i do too so we support them St. Vincent Paul. but like how amazing to do that how how like how important is that obviously it's very important for you to do that yeah like um like i I try and like me personally like i like i love supporting anything especially at home but i'm like i remember like i'm i obviously ring them like i know them and we were having a conversation and I don't even know what it was. I think it was about Christmas. And they were like, oh, Lord, this isn't for Christmas. Like, these people need, like, deodorant. Like, they need. And I, I was, remember being so taken back that these, like, teenagers who are 14 don't have deodorant. And I remember just thinking, right, like, we need to do something. And again, my we we don't have a lot to give, but we give way too much, to be honest. But I would rather give more. I just, I just, I just feel... I just feel it's something that we need to do, not even like as a business, but for for people. And to think like this is on our doorstep is so unbelievably shocking. Um, like you think Ireland, like we're one of the most expensive countries in the world to live in, but we don't have people. There's the poverty line is absolutely shocking that some people can't, like teenager girls can't afford deodorant. Like it really, really affected me. So I was like, right, we're gonna we're gonna back this this charity as much as we can. Amazing, amazing, and 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 you never know when people are listening and it inspires them to do the same, Laura. So I think we should keep talking about supporting. Well, if we're talking about it, they do need a lot of help at Christmas time, obviously with um things. So if you ever have any time to donate anything for the next couple of months, um, I know they would very much appreciate it. You know, so um, you're definitely yeah. I just think that's unreal that you're well. The the, the tree thing is that's a whole new fine thing for me. I knew about planting the trees. I didn't know that you hug trees and have that <laughs> and all of that but now I'm oh. like oh maybe I should go and hug a tree and get myself grounded into the do you know what I have a nephew he's, uh, he's going to be I reckon he's going to be more successful than any of us and he's living in Vietnam and he used to always tease me he was like oh she's my favorite tree hugger and we were in Hong Kong a couple of weeks ago he flew in to meet me when I was in business and I saw him over touching a tree and I was like what are you doing he's like just telling them what I want I was like see and he's like I know what you mean you, you can feel the energy I was like it's unbelievably like like 
uplifting like you can't help but feeling like you just feel happy afterwards go hug a tree everybody <laughs> yeah, go hug a tree the message on the podcast <laughs> that, that is my that Here. is my my mission sometimes i'd hug anything if i thought i was going to get released from <laughs> life um and get some kind of vision but um it's just so funny to hear you say all that but amazing so you've won a lot in the last three weeks specifically you've won um three awards is it three new awards tell us what they are uh so our Mafaga has won double gold in New York, which was the first time we've ever launched or uh sorry, we've ever um entered a competition in New York. So that was an absolute mega win for us. Um our Vodka also won um gold in the Spirit Business Award. Um so did our Jen, but then our Jen also won the Master Medal, which is like above gold, uh, which was just to be honest, like they're blind tasting competitions. Like people don't like, so the judges don't know our brand. They don't know our story. They don't know who's behind us. It's literally just taking us, tasting our liquid. So yeah, like it's, it's what a, I bloody love it. <laughs> like I, like I, I, I talk about, I remember getting a silver once and they rang me like, congratulations, you got silver. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and they were like, do you want us to send you a medal? I was like, don't, like, don't bother. I was like, I will not be posting that. <laughs> like, that. I was like, no, I'm sorry. If you're not first, you're last. And that is it. So um, I'm all about the gold. My liquid stands upwards. So I will stand behind it every day. Good for you. Oh my God, <laughs> such conviction. And actually I, I talked to someone recently, um, it was Sarah Travers. I don't know if you know Sarah, but she was, um, used to be a BBC news correspondent and she's now um helps women and business owners with their confidence and um you know she said she, she often mentors people who say um excuse me do you me, think I need some absolutely not <laughs> okay. um, I, I want to bottle yours because I <laughs> rightly so but what you just said there silver's no good to me it's gold all the way and that's my product like I I'm like we need that we people who are listening to the podcast need this because I, and and me too like I speak to people and they're like oh I just have this wee business and I do this wee thing out my back and it's not really a few wouldn't really know and I'm like no back yourself back yourself yeah. you have to be your number one fan my whole thing is no one's coming to save you you came into this world on your own you're getting this world on your own you have every day look at yourself in the mirror and say oh my god I'm amazing I have this business. It's bloody great. I'm so proud. Like no one else is going to do it. So do it yourself. Tap yourself on your back. I do it all the time. We're all tapping away here. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's hard. It is hard. Sometimes life knocks you and you get all these things and, and you've had them. It's not like you've had flipping plain sailing all along. You've had all the challenges that everybody has, but you're still sitting there with that pure passion and conviction. And we need, I think you need that in business survive. Otherwise the world walks all over you and, and life walks all over you and you can't pick yourself back up. So we need to be our own um, uplifters. If that's the right way to say, we For need sure. that. We you you got to be your own support, your own cheerleader. Like my thing is even when the, like the worst days of my business and trust me, I had, I've had plenty. I've had like, I've, I've, I have them now. And I'd be crying. I'm like, but you love this. This is what you've always wanted. And like, my whole thing is like when people say I've had a bad day, you didn't have a bad day. You had 10 minutes of a bad day. Maybe you had a bad half an hour. But like, you didn't have a bad day. And like, I think a lot of it, like I, I practice gratitude a lot. I think it's really, really important. And even with that bad experience during that day, like, I'm like, thank you for that experience. I learned from it. Like, and you take it from it. But you know, it's it's all in your mindset and how you decide every day how you're going to how you're going to do it and how you decide if you've got a problem or a solution. Like I don't have problems. My team never they don't even they're not like the word word 
uh, worry he's been barred from my office for years. I never want to hear it. It is just, I don't want to hear it coming at me. Um, if you've got a problem, but they're like, but I've got a solution. I'm like, fantastic. That's that's all it is. Like, no matter what you've got, you can figure it out. It's just about taking a step back. Take a day if you need it. Talk to your team, sort it out, and just keep like to keep the focus. Like, have your whiteboard where you just have like so many steps. And even when you have those bad days, just keep focus on the next step ahead of you and it will happen I think that you can just sometimes people just get so far and then they give up but this will give us the drive we aren't giving up I'm going to buy a whiteboard like I'm sitting looking at a big blank wall here and I'm like why have I not got a flipping whiteboard get a whiteboard, um, get a whiteboard and the first thing you should be like is like I am blessed I am grateful like I say that probably 10,000 times a day and then you just write it down and your whiteboard doesn't have to be like a whole essay of like your life plans. You can literally have them do X amount of points. And when you do one of them, put a line through it and then focus on another one. Like you don't have to, like, we're not going to, we're not going to conquer the world overnight. No. We all have to be realistic, but you can do it when you just set a little bit of goals. And like, again, if you don't do your goals in six months, don't give up on it. Like, it doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Like, I just believe in the time, like the divine timing for everything. I like, mm. I have it across my arm. It's called For the Better. It's my tattoo. Sure you do. For people who are listening on audio and can't see, <laughs> what does it say? For the better. For the better. For the better. You're like, your relationship end, it's for the better. Your deal doesn't happen, it's for the better. You mess your plane, it's for the better. Like, I'm like, when something happens or bad happens, I'm like, thank God, something amazing, something better is about to happen. I have it on my wrist as a reminder to myself every single day that it's for the better. How'd you get to be like this? <laughs> no, <laughs> but honestly, like, is that, is that a lot of self-work? It's not easy to be like that. Like, is that something you need to work on every day? Yeah, well, um, I don't necessarily have to do it every day now. To honestly, it's kind of like drilled in me. But no, like uh, when I started the business, I, I've always been quite a positive person. But when I started the business, like I, when I say like I went downhill pretty quick, it was just so consuming that I actually was like, I actually felt quite suicidal. I remember just thinking like, I just cannot do it. And um, I was blessed of meeting Jerry Hussey. And if anybody hasn't heard of him, he is an amazing life coach. And I met his amazing wife, Miriam. And um, the first day I met him, he said to me, he was like, tell me three horrific things that happened in your life. And I told him, and his response was, get over it. I, I was raging. I remember going, how dare you? And he was like, it's in your past. You have a choice now to be a victim or a survivor. Like, it's up to you. You can literally rewrite this and relive this. And like, it's in your head every time. Or you can decide that was an experience. It was a bad experience, but we're going to move forward with it. And I remember like going away with it, sitting with it. And then he gave me two um, homework, uh, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Louise Hay, don't know if he's here, but she, she made, he made me listen to 101 Positive Thoughts and morning and evening uh, affirmations for 90 days. Now, if anybody's ever listened to Louise Hay, she's this like, old American accent. And I remember getting to day five going, I cannot do this. <laughs> like, I'm not going to be able to do it. But again, I was so bloody determined to get myself out of this rut, to make myself to be the higher vision of myself that I wanted to be. So I was like, I'm so bloody determined to do it. And whatever happened, it just clicked. And then every day I wake up and I open my eyes, put my hand on my heart. I thank God that I'm alive. 
I'm grateful for my lungs. I put my feet in the air. Like oh, I'm grateful I can walk to the toilet. I'm grateful I've got running water. I'm grateful I can brush my teeth. I'm grateful for my Barry's tea. And I'm like, I'm grateful every day that I'm bloody alive and I've got this job. And I go in, I'm like, I'm grateful to be dealing with all these people. And I'm bad at night. I go down and like, like Carla, you'll be on my list tonight. I'm like so grateful that Carla took her time to speak to me today. And I'll go through every single person that I spoke to today, bad or good, but for their time and for their experience. And I do that every day. I need, I need, like, so I'm not saying I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. I, I, sure. I am, I am grateful for my life, but I don't practice. And I, I'm grateful for my, my health and my family, but I don't say that and I don't practice that. And I feel like I, I'm a bit broken <laughs> as in I, I'm frazzled. I feel like I can't cope sometimes. I feel like I, all the things that a lot of people listen will be the same, but perhaps we do, we need to look after ourselves and our mind before we can be the best version of ourselves too. Is like I, You know, I'm not really into all of that stuff you're talking about, but when you're, because I've never really been in those circles or, but when you're saying it, I'm like, God. We do need to be doing this because then it makes you realize that nothing's bad and actually we're learning so much and we should be grateful of it. Like such yeah. an insightful thing for you to share with us. And I think that a lot of people are going to be like, you know what, we, there's work to be done with us before our business can, can actually be. Well, like, I think a lot of it is like you do like try and do 24 hours without moaning, which is so bloody difficult. Like, I mean, and I, I feel for us Irish women, like we just, we, we sometimes we just love, we love to moan about something, but you honestly try it. And if you fail, you have to go back to another day. But if you actually get into the mindset where like, I, like I talk about when there's like, all of a sudden you're late for work and then there's these, like the traffic lights are up because like a pipe is burst. Instead of giving out to them, you're like, thank you for that. Thank you so much for you, for for making our roads better, for making it safety. Thank you so much for, I'm not meant to be where I'm meant to be. Like the whole thing is like, I'm just like, I'm meant to be here. I'm not meant to be there. And like, if you literally just take a step back and just be unbelievably grateful, even when someone sends you a crap email, just be like, sometimes I ring people up and go, are you okay? Because your attitude absolutely stank there. And that's obviously not towards me. You're obviously something going on with you. And probably nine out of 10, those people are going to say, do you know what? something has happened in my personal life and I'm like that's okay but don't take that out of me in an email would you would you actually do that 100% wow but the first thing I'm not it's not passive aggressive in any way it's just being we are just humans Caroline we just have jobs we have I know, lives I know. we have we have families we have traumas we have deaths we have you like whatever like we as a day-to-day -day, but like all, like most of the people only see us as business owners but like we do have we're, we're people the other day we wake up we all do the same stuff where I just have to remind I write my team all the time guys it's just a job and like it's not a case that I'm like I'm not saying that as like I'm going to get rid of you but like your mental health comes first your family comes first like whatever you it is is always a priority because you've got to look after yourself and them in order for them to give you the best of them otherwise like people are just giving you half tanks don't bother just don't come in <laughs> that's oh, my like that's my attitude unreal unreal like many times we got the email and crumbled inside and perhaps didn't have the awareness to know that actually there was something as you say shit going on in their lives that made them react like that and it's no reflection on you but 
course it's, it's about not. it's about awareness from our side about how we are consuming things as well I suppose and sure and a lot of it stuff too is like it's a trigger in yourself like a lot of like I remember my old company being cc'd onto an email which was freaking brutal for me but said like cc'd on my, my directors and like I wasn't even listening to the complaint because I'm so like so taken back that all my senior team were on it so then like that triggered me I, like in a rage where I wasn't even dealing with the problem I just instantly hated that person for embarrassing me we were like technically like that person like had a problem and needed it to be fixed we're like a lot of the time is just take a deep breath take a step back and take a deep breath and then like sometimes I don't reply to emails for a day or two if they're too much because I'm just like I am not going to react to this now because I'm not in the headspace I'll deal with it in the morning and probably like 10 out of 10 times I will never have the same response as I would have had if I replied back instantly out of rage so true time's a great healer for things like that and if you take the 24 hours your perspective on it is totally of course absolutely absolutely I was trying to get you on the podcast right so thank you, <laughs> sent you a LinkedIn. Sent Did you? you? All, all the, I'm yeah. so sorry. So My LinkedIn is absolutely insane. Absolutely so not sorry. saying this for an apology. It's a lesson for people who are listening because you may have reached Russell with your determination. I have reached Laura with mine. Because <laughs> I was like, then I know a girl uh, from Catalan that owns Catalan Apartments in, in a show in, in Greencastle. Julie, like, is it? Julie, yes. And I was oh, like, she's here. So lovely. Do you ever, was I that girl Laura there that owns Mont Lager Company? Do you think would she ever be in the, she, there's no way she'd ever be in the podcast, like, because she, she, she mixed in where the big lads now, like Russell. Oh, and stop. She, like, she would, she did on, <laughs> I'll send her a message. So I had Julie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, she sent you a message on Instagram. But I replied to you before she, I opened her message. The universe was aligning, there you I go, know, so you, you felt totally. the energy. But anyway, I, like, sometimes you have these, and I've said this a lot in the podcast, like, oh, they'll never say yes, but I, I'm a wee bit, like, you maybe not as brave but I do keep going and going and you never know when somebody will say yes so the worst they're going to say is no and if they said no then it's for a reason right That's for the I'm... better for the better for oh if, <laughs> I know she again Laura lifted her wrist up and she's got a tattoo on her flipping wrist for the better you're going to get a train going here all the women <laughs> and businessmen in Ireland um but Laura look thank you so like what a story what a, what I know there's hard times I know there's challenges just like every business but what a story what a your family must be so proud of you and I know oh like they're the, amazing uh like I mean you could we all most of us couldn't do this without our families and I couldn't do my job yeah, without yeah. Jared and my mommy and Jared's mommy and all but like I I just want to say like we're watching on with pride at your growth you. and your and your successes um and the next time any of us are in any bar in Ireland or wherever we'll be asking do you stock muff <laughs> and if not why not and you're right <laughs> thank if you not, if not why uh, not Carly <laughs> more importantly my distillery tour place is going to be open next summer so everybody will have to come and see me and Muff next year absolutely Muff is on the way I'm always going to stay in Kathleen so I will definitely come and visit you and bring the family as well and we actually went to we actually went to Doe Famine Village during the summer and they gave yeah. us all a shot of potching nearly killed my mother my father <laughs> my father was loving life my wee younger nephews were looking at us like can we have a drink too so that is definitely the same up around Donegal to try things you've never tried before why not uh, um but yeah look I'm looking forward to coming to see you I, I hope we get to meet in person someday but for now well I'm from Greencastle so um, oh, you I, are. Can see, I, I can see the castle in from my house so absolutely 
There you go. Well, look, and look, uh, ha- have um, an amazing time. How long are you out there now in Australia for? How much longer? Um, until next year, anyway. Um, okay. I'm, I'm basically I'm just waiting. I don't know how I'm going to project manage this development or the distillery being here, but um, we're just we're doing a a massive thing in Asia at the moment that I'm. I just wish there was three of me. I wish there was one of me in Asia, one of me in Ireland, one of me in the states. But there's only one, so. Patience, patience, patience. But uh, look, I'll be home next year. The distillery is going to be open. And it's going to be absolutely beautiful. I'm so unbelievably excited for it. And um, like going back to your roots, like where it all that's where it all began. That's where we need that bit of you there. Well, like my whole thing was everyone. I didn't want to open the distillery before I knew that I had a product because like it's so expensive. Um, and like I, it's been such a passion for so long that I've been dying to have it. So the fact now that we're making it happen, like I'm extremely proud and I just can't wait to see it open. Oh my God, we'll all be there for sure. Um, thank you for being on the big podcast. And um, uh, maybe maybe you'll come back on the next series and tell us what's happening in Asia and America. <laughs> and... Of course, no bother. Here, thank you so much for your time and um, it was lovely speaking to you. Thank you so much, um, Laura. God bless, thank you.